Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. My name is David Law. It is Middle Sunday at the French Open. Unlike Wimbledon, there's no day off on Middle Sunday, unless you're not working there, which I'm not. Catherine Whitaker is. How's your day been, Catherine? It's been very good, David. I think, as I said in yesterday's podcast, if I don't have to wear a Eurosport rubber Packamac all day, I can count it as a good one, so... Yeah, it's been a good one. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there's been absolutely bagfuls of stuff going on. Uh, as we record this right now, Novak Djokovic is currently on court against Albert Ramos Vinolas and is in charge. It was a tight old first set, though. Tie break, and it did look a bit hairy. Uh, I understand uh, Andre Agassi's not around at the moment. What's going on? Andre Agassi isn't around. Apparently he's headed off on a South African safari, which sounds uh, just lovely. We should all be so lucky. He made it clear to Djokovic uh, when he signed up for their coaching relationship or whatever you want to call it, that uh, family would always come first for him. He had this holiday booked um, and uh, didn't want to move it, and Djokovic was okay with that. I still do find it odd. I do find it odd that there's this sort of amazing much talked about supposedly revolutionary coaching relationship and and you've got him leaving halfway through um you know this is when Djokovic needs him most of course he'll be on the phone and all the rest of it but we've talked about the fact that a lot of the the coaching is about the peacocking and the seeing him up there in the box and wanting to show off to him and and that's not going to be the case is it so look I'm sure Agassi will continue to have influence from afar um but I I do find it a bit bizarre, the thought that Djokovic might, you know, play a semi-final against Nadal and his coach won't be there. Yeah, well, certainly his uh, his new arrangement uh, won't, won't be front and centre in quite the same way. Uh, although he did say, didn't he, uh, to... Was it Mats Philander? He told that, and Boris Becker on the Eurosport team that, that he was going to be at Wimbledon. So this is an enduring well, No, he said... What he actually said was, I'm up for Wimbledon. What he said was, I've told Novak that I'm up for Wimbledon, that I'm keen, I'm loving it, I really... I'm enjoying being back in tennis, etc., etc. He didn't actually confirm that, <laughs> that Djokovic had accepted the offer. Look, I'm sure he will. I've got no reason to think that he won't at all. But that is explicitly what he said. He said, I'm keen. I've told him I'm up for Wimbledon if he'll have me. OK, well, I, I think that's probably, as you say, likely to happen because, I mean, you don't, you don't turn down Andre Agassi, do you? I, I wouldn't have thought. And also, Literally. And also, David, just... A final note on the matter, something that, that uh, Mats Verlander and I didn't touch upon in our 
uh, live segment yesterday on Eurosport, which we uh, played into the tennis podcast. What he did, I, I asked him out outright whether he thought Agassi was Djokovic's first call or whether he might have called Sampras first and uh, Matt's had no insider track on it all just his opinion his opinion is that Agassi was probably his first call yeah well and therefore no yeah. no further calls were made so all of our speculation goes out of the window that we love well exactly to i know Not all those worry. people sat by their phones waiting for a call that never came i know i was waiting i mean you know i, I thought i could have done a great you'd have done job. it for free as well wouldn't you david well you know taxi fares maybe and uh, just <laughs> a couple of an expenses co- only deal for david Law to coach after Andre the, you know, burger here and there uh, it'd boost not, your not. profile that's what everyone keeps saying that this will boost agassi's profile I, feel oh, like yeah, saying, I think it, i think his profile's all right really needs that doesn't he yeah. um now uh, anyway he's, he's well in charge is djokovic two sets to love up against uh, ramos Vinolas as we as we speak and i'm sure by the time you listen to this he'll be safely through to the next round on the court today, earlier on, the, the match that really caught my attention, I think many people's attention, the fact that Garbinia Magarutha, the defending champion on the women's side, knocked out by Kristina Mladenovic in a pretty raucous atmosphere. An atmosphere, Catherine, which I said on Twitter at one point made me feel just a little bit uncomfortable. Now, that's a bit rich coming from me, given that I'm always talking about how I like to see a bit of aggro on the court. And I do love a, an atmosphere. I think it, it is part of the, the Roland Garros appeal that it gets like that. But I, I still, I don't, know, I don't know what it was, but something about it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. It was so partisan, so in favour of Mladenovic. She was orchestrating it. Fair enough to her and on many levels, but I still felt a little bit uncomfortable. But a fabulous performance from Mladenovic to come through. Yeah, look, I, it made me a bit uncomfortable as well. And it, I felt for Muguruza deeply on a sort of human level. However, I do think that is just one of the features that makes this Grand Slam. It's one of the things that makes winning it so tough and so unique. You know, everywhere has its different challenges. And I think the, the fickle, um, animated, um, sometimes raucous French crowd is a big part of that it is it's something you have to deal with if you're going to win the French Open and I, I think what was tough about it is that Muguruza is popular here she was a popular champion last year she is used she's not used to having that atmosphere against her uh, she's she's been used to having it in her favor and and it was really tough for her today I think most people would have found it tough I don't I spoke to Alex Karetcher on a on a Facebook live earlier which uh, has been shared on the tennis podcast Facebook page if you want to catch up with um, all sorts of nonsense that I was talking with uh, Alex Quetcher and Mary Pierce earlier this evening. Uh, I asked him about the finger wag, the now already notorious finger wag that uh, Muguruza did towards the crowd as she walked off court. Um, They were cheering her off the court and she wagged her finger towards them in quite an aggressive way. And Alex Karecha, and I fully believe him, thinks that what she was expressing there was, don't cheer for me now. Where were you when I needed you? You weren't there. You weren't cheering for me then, so don't cheer for me now. I'm not interested. And he actually told a story about how he was playing uh, about in his French Open final here when he played Guga Quirt, and he had beaten Sebastian Grosjean in the semi-final. He was playing Guga in the final, and he was a set and 5-1 down or something. He was really in dire straits, and they'd been cheering for Guga throughout, which he 
was completely fine with. But then suddenly when he was completely down and out and he was a thorough you know, long shot underdog, the French crowd started cheering from him and he put his finger, Alex Gretcher, the nicest man in the world, put his finger to his lips and shushed them. And that it was exactly, he said, what he was expressing in that moment. It was, what's the point now? Where were you when I needed you? And I felt like that was a very insightful, enlightening explanation. And if there was any doubt about how difficult Muguruza did find the whole experience in press earlier, she she came to she decided to come to a press conference very quickly, which I'm sure made all the journalists rub their hands together because it means you're probably going to get some good quotes. But I think it was a bit of a rash decision because she got in there and she broke down into tears pretty quickly. And uh, I'm not sure who from the ITF was moderating that press conference, but pat on the back to whoever it was uh, because they actually asked her if she wanted to go out of the room and just take a few moments to compose herself which she did do and then went back in and and faced all of the questions admirably by all accounts so it's just uh, a tough pill to swallow for Muguruza but a fantastic performance from Ladenovic in spite of how many double faults was it 18 something like that to win a match against the defending Grand Slam champion hitting 18 double faults is quite something I uh, just one side point it feels like an irrelevance now but when the order of play came out late last night everybody here raised an eyebrow about that match being put on long then and everybody that I've spoken to about it on air and off air is convinced that Mladenovic requested to be on long then rather than Chetre for for crowd-based reasons, for pressure-based reasons, for for whatever reasons, she plays her best on Long Len. But I don't think she's going to be able to get away with that anymore. She's going to have to play her next match on Chatrier, I believe, and that's going to be very interesting. Yeah, well, we see a little bit of that in Australia, don't we, with uh, with Nick Kyrgios. He he always wants to play his matches on the high sense arena because it just sort of suits him for for whatever reason. Yeah, I I I sort of saw a few of the the quotes from Muguruza in that press conference as well. She it sounds as though she was getting some pretty unpleasant things said to her during the course of that match. But as you say, that is the way it is, and she won the title last year in spite of that. So. You know, I, I feel for her, but but that's that's just the way it is. And, and as you say, hats off to Mladenovic, who now goes through to face Tamea Baczynski, who had a fabulous win today over Venus Williams. A, a, a strange old scoreline because Baczynski went into, I think, a 5-1 lead, somehow then lost the next six games to Venus Williams, but then dominated the next two sets and Baczynski threw. Yeah, there's not many that would necessarily be able to come back from losing a 5-1 lead and, and going on to lose the set. So very impressive. That's three straight quarterfinals here now for Bishinsky. She just lights up when she comes to the French Open, which considering uh, this time two and a half years ago, she had decided to give up tennis altogether. And it was only a, a last-minute call to say uh, y- your, um, your lingering ranking uh, has got you into French Open qualies, chucked her rackets in the back of the car and thought, why not, I'll just give it a go, one last hurrah. Then she makes the semi-finals. I mean, yeah, considering that, she's pretty amazing. And it's not been a good year for her either. I, Yeah, she's had some injuries, she's had a lot of struggles. I'm not sure many people thought she'd be able to repeat what she's done in previous years this year, but she has and she's done it by beating the person that at that stage was the last remaining Grand Slam champion in the draw. And now there are none, David. There are none. 
because Sam Stoza has gone out as well to Yelena Ostapenko of Latvia. I actually spoke to Ostapenko's coach yesterday, Annabel Medina Gorriguez, and uh, she's very interesting and insightful about. Uh, trying to tame young Ostapenko because she's so fiery and so exciting and you don't want to extinguish the flame, do you? You just need to sort of harness it in some ways and I'm quite sure that she will. And she did do today against Sam Stoza, many people's um, dark horse for the title. So we now have a situation, David, where one of Ostapenko, Bashinsky, Mladenovic... And one other who I've forgotten, give me another name, David, Wozniacki, who we haven't touched upon yet. One of those four will be a finalist here. Yeah, so we will have a new Grand Slam champion on the women's side. That That is for sure, because in the other half of the draw, you've got Alina Svitolina, Petra Martic, Carla Suarez-Navarro, Simona Halep, Caroline Garcia, Alize Cornet. Uh, somebody I've never heard of, I don't think, or seen play before. Cipede Roig. Yeah, that's the one, against uh, Carolina <laughs> Pliskova. Uh, and, and none of these players have ever won a, a Grand Slam title. So we're going to get a new winner. Yeah, I love the thought of that. I love that we know that this early. Uh, I mean, it's amazing to, to be in the fourth round of, of, of a slam, only midway through the fourth round of a slam, and to know that you're going to see not just a new champion at this slam, a new. there are no Grand Slam champions left in. I'm quite sure Twitter has, has already told us whether uh, that is an unprecedented circumstance or not, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't, frankly. Well, Twitter hasn't told me that yet anyway. What I will remind you, though, Catherine, do you remember about three weeks ago when I said to Mayor Baczynski might be one of the the five? She didn't end up being one of the five, but she might have been. Remember that? Yeah, you don't don't get credit for that, David. She wasn't one of the five. Did you have her in your predictions to reach the quarters? No. Uh, No. Do you you remember when I said that uh, Svetlana Kuznetsova would win the title? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's not weird performance from her this morning. It was weird. The match was weird. Wozniacki was sensational. I have to say, she's hitting her forehand better than I've ever seen her. She's taking it earlier and and just looking to be more aggressive. Um, which credit to her to still be you know making tweaks and improvements and adjustments to her game. She feels like she's been around ages. I know she's she's not exactly a grand old dame of tennis, but good on her. It was a subpar flat performance from Kuznetsova without question I was I was disappointed in her you let me down Kuznetsova because I had her reaching the final as well so um yeah Wozniacki big opportunity for her uh, I tell you her against uh, Yelena Ostapenko could be a, a good fun match because Wozniacki doesn't doesn't take a backward step from anybody and Ostapenko is if you've never seen her play before she is feisty and she is funny to watch because she will let you know what she's feeling at every single stage of the match um, and, and a huge talent as well I mean she really hits she will go for it we'll have her on the attack we'll have Wozniacki running down impossible looking balls I think we're in for a for a real treat with that one uh, so that, those are the women's results today on the men's side Rafa on the Dow just carries on carrying on I mean he, he I think he's lost fewer games on his way to the last what is it the last 16 he's into now or is no, it the quarterfinals quarter so quarterfinals he's lost fewer games in reaching the, la- the quarterfinals than he's ever lost before at the, the French Open 
No, that's not quite... You're very close, David. You're very, very close. He's he's lost 20 games in his four is matches. He? There was one year where he only lost 19. I think that was 2009, something like that. But anyway, it's much of a muchness, isn't it? It's basically as dominant as he's ever been in week yes. one of a slam. And uh, yeah, I feel like we could just edit out what we said about Nadal <laughs> after his last match and replay it into <laughs> into this day podcast because he continues to be completely awesome. And uh, I hope no one else in the draw is watching his matches because it must put the fear of God into them all. Yeah, and in, and frankly, in many ways, his his next opponent is is far more of an interesting story just at this stage of the tournament because he's never been to the quarterfinals. That's uh, Pablo Carrera Busta. Yeah, and he's got there the hard way, hasn't he? Beat uh, Milos Raonic in five sets, nearly four and a half hours. He served for the match, I think, twice before, at least once before he ended up serving it out. And even in the game, when he did finally serve it out, uh, Milos Raonic had break-back points. He was pretty heartbroken, Raonic, the... uh, the comeback, the the um, plight to get back to sort of the top of the game after the various injuries that he's had continues. But a really emotional Pablo Carreño Buster after the match. He spoke to a Spanish jurist, but I can't tell you exactly what he was saying because my Spanish is um, rubbish. Not not up to up to much. Yeah, it's it's better than my Korean. David I had to do an interview with Hyung Chung the other day and. Yes, it's definitely better than my Korean. Um, but, uh, I mean, the emotion was there to all to see, for all to see, whatever the language. It was a really, really big moment for him. The question, of course, is what's left in the tank. And uh, I'm not sure you can afford to have anything but a full tank or canister, if you will, when you're taking on a doll in this form. But very well done to him today. Indeed. We now also know who Andy Murray's going to play in the next round. Bit of a surprise because John Isner, who's been in pretty decent form of late, lost in four sets to a Russian player, Karen Kachinov. I think that's how we say it. No, it's not how we say it, David. I must intervene because there was much chatter about this in the commentator's cafe earlier. I was asked to confirm. I thought it was Kachinov. I checked in with a friend of mine that works for the ATP uh, and she had happened to have asked him the day before and she was able to send me an audio file of (laughs) Karen Kachinov saying his own name. So, so I mean, say it again. almost literally from the horse's mouth, except that he's not a horse. But it's Karen Khachanov. So I don't pronounce the K. Hence why sort of Brad Gilbert <laughs> nicknames him Silent K. Well, exactly. Karen Khachanov from the Karen horse's Hachinov. mouth. Okay, fine. Anyway, what do we know great. about him? He's, he's massive. Not he John is... Isner massive, but boy, does he hit the ball hard. He is enormous. He's just turned 21 years old. He is a member of the ATP's hashtag next gen and has been for a while. He uh, has lived in Barcelona for a long time. He is coached by Gallo Blanco, former quarter finalist here uh, at the French Open. 1997, I think, was the year he made the quarterfinals here. And um, a former coach of Milos Raonic, too. A former coach of Milos Raonic. He trains with Gallo Blanco in Barcelona um, and has done for quite some time. Lovely chap, really nice, quite serious, quite earnest, obviously really hardworking, um, looks 
older than his age, looks bigger and stronger than than most, than most 21-year-olds. Um, and uh, I think he's the real deal. Whether he's the real deal tomorrow against Andy Murray remains to be seen, especially as he won't have had a rest day. But uh, good luck to him. And uh, one day soon he'll be winning uh, Grand Slam fourth-round matches and more for sure. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want Salon Perfect Nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny System, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know. I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny System with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Yeah, he's an exciting player. I have to say, I think things have fallen quite nicely for Andy Murray. And uh, yeah, I only wish that uh, when I said to you uh, about an hour before we finally sealed our predictions i wish i had gone ahead and said i think i'll change my mind about andy murray reaching the uh, quarterfinals because i'm going to end up being wrong Catherine, aren't i yeah and, and actually you were permitted to change your prediction you were and you I still know, decided against yeah. I, yeah I messed it up so there we are <laughs> um i i still can't believe that alexander zverev isn't playing him so uh, uh that, that's where things have fallen down um but but even so I think I think I've massively underestimated and forgotten just how good Andy Murray and the other top players are at the Slams. They are different. Best of five. This is where they peak. This is where they get super motivated. There's a difference. I mean, maybe Hatchinov will find a way to to, to beat him, but I, I I just can't see it. This is the sort of game, match that that Andy Murray wins and. Uh, and I think he's going yeah, to carry Yeah, I, I can see him making a match of it. Second on Chatre tomorrow. I actually thought they might put that one on Longland because Andy Murray's only been on Longland once so far. Rafael Nadal has been out there twice. I thought they might put that one on Longland and, and possibly put Nishikori uh, against Vidasco on Chatre tomorrow because I don't think Nishikori has been on Chatre so far. But look, it, it's a cracky match. I'm delighted for Khachanov that uh, he's going to get his Chatre debut. And I think think he could make it exciting. I think he could make a match of it, but um, I don't think he's going to win. I'll tell you who else looked really good today is Dominic Team. I mean, oh. it does feel like... I mean, I, I think he's got a little bit fortunate not to have to play David Goffin, personally, because I think Goffin... Who you predicted to beat Team at yeah, this stage. I, I, I personally think that, that Goffin 
has the ability to do to team what Novak Djokovic does to team uh, in terms of taking it early and so mm, forth. He didn't hear last he, year, did he? He got injured. What happened last year? Well, team beat him. Did he? Oh, well, team uh, yeah, beat but him in the quarterfinals. In the, in the, it was a match for the top ten. The winner I of the see. match well, got a place in the top ten for the first time. Goffin would team. have turned that around this time, for sure. As I predicted until fate intervened. We don't deal in hypotheticals here in the tennis podcast. I mean, we do all the time, but not today, David. Not today. (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, he looked looked fantastic. So tomorrow's play uh, starts with Carlos Suarez Navarro against Simona Halep. That that could be a test, I think, of the the physical state of Halep. Because, I mean, so far, I, I haven't seen too many of her matches, but, I mean... This is somebody who rolled her ankle in that Rome final and, and was calling herself 50-50 on the eve of the tournament. I just wonder whether there was... Was there any kidology in that, do you think? I mean, or was she just slightly downplaying her her physical chances? Because I certainly <laughs> believed it, because she went for, from, from my favourite for the tournament to losing the quarters. And, yeah, I felt a bit taken you know. in as well, because I watched her practice the day after she made that announcement about only 50, 50, being 50-50. And as I said on the, the podcast, I think, um, OK, she wasn't you know, fully testing the ankle and really going for it, but she, she didn't look like somebody that had just you know, semi-broken their ankle, that's for sure. She looked pretty OK to me. So, yes, I think it could have been gently exaggerated for the purposes of minimising pressure on shoulders, which I think is very understandable because that's a big feature of Simona Halep's challenges for Grand Slam titles, isn't it? So I think she could be pushed by Suarez Navarro. I do think she'll win, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. well, that's uh, that's first up tomorrow. Then it's Andy Murray against Hatchinov, the match that uh, you were referencing. Uh, All of these matches, of course, live on Eurosport. After that, it's Stan Wawrinka against Gail Monfils, which will be interesting. Um, Monfils just quietly coming through the draw benefited from Richard Gasquet getting injured uh, today didn't he and, and he had to pull out Stan Vavrinka I think has looked pretty good throughout and then we've got this Garcia good. against Cornet match he's looked more than pretty good David has he? he's looked awesome yeah as I said to Simon on the podcast yesterday I don't know what that means because we're not used to seeing Stan Vavrinka look this awesome in the first week of a slam I don't know whether that means he's peaked too early I've no idea what's to come the prospect of Stan Vavrinka continuing to get better is a fearsome one at the moment he's the only person I've seen uh, that I think could really give Nadal a run for his money but they wouldn't meet to the final so let's stop dealing in hypotheticals indeed you spoke to Patrick Moritoglu earlier today didn't you about Caroline Garcia and Elise Cornet what, what, what's, what's the deal there because they're playing each other tomorrow and not everything in the garden's rosy is it uh, they, they hate one another <laughs> that seems oh, excellent. to be the bottom line and uh, aren't afraid to make that as public as possible yeah they've fell out massively over Caroline Garcia's decision to exempt herself from Fed Cup selection. There were attempts to sort of reconciliation from one side to another via text, which was completely rejected. Garcia was asked whether she would, jokingly asked whether she would have a coffee with uh, a cornet after the match. And she said, I won't have one before and I certainly won't have one after. (laughs) Um, and yeah they seem to completely hate one another I mean Garcia it has to be said is not hugely popular with any 
of the French players. She's got beef with Mladenovic, um, or rather perhaps more so the other way around, but they have beef with one another over the way uh, that Garcia chose to end uh, her doubles partnership with Mladenovic. Very successful doubles partnership. They were champions here last year, and Garcia put a rather abrupt end to that. So she's not making friends and influencing people here in Paris, and that one is going to be spicy. Watch out for it. I know you might think, oh, Elise, you know, they're, they're not the biggest names in tennis. They're not necessarily Grand Slam champions in waiting. But I pretty much guarantee that'll be a match that you won't be able to take your eyes off. Any idea who the, whose side the crowd will be on in that? I, I think more likely Cornets, uh, all other things being equal. But I think it might depend on their behaviour on the day. They're so fickle, aren't they, the French crowd? <laughs> it's all in the moment. They sort of make their mind. They can turn on a dime, as an yeah, American person might say. So I think all other things being equal, Cornet, but it really depends on what happens. And frankly, anything, anything could happen. Indeed. We've also got Elena Svitolina quietly moving through the draw up against Petra Martic on the Susan Longlong court. Uh, Vadasco against Nishikori. Uh, that will be interesting. I think Vadasco's got a real, a real shot at that one, personally. I'm not sure about Nishikori's health. Uh, he's had that uh, wrist problem. I agree, and I think Nishikori has got out of jail a little bit by his match yesterday being hung over to today because Hyung Chung had him. He, well, he certainly had him up against the wall and he, they came back today and uh, Nishikori was able to to regroup and recover physically for it but um, I think the weather got him out of a little bit of jail time there so um, yeah but I, I I think yeah I think you might be right I think Vadasco might get that one uh, a little mention here just uh, on the men's doubles quarterfinals. Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez. Jamie Murray getting further at the French Open this year than he's ever got before, up against Santiago Gonzalez and Donald Young. So uh, good to see Jamie Murray winning through. I think Dominic Inglot was a winner earlier today as well. Catherine, anything else to report from, I don't even know what day it is, day eight, is it, of the French day Open? Day eight of the French Open 2017. I don't think so. I think we've just touched on every single singles result from today apologies if we haven't but I think we might have it's getting to that stage of the tournament where we can do that now it felt like in the podcast early on it was just impossible to give everything the the time it deserved you know we had a couple of people on Twitter saying we didn't go into enough detail on Ons and the wonderful story that that was and I completely agree she was a magnificent story and she probably deserved more time and I'm sorry but there's it's been a glorious French Open for stories and uh, yeah we're we're trying to cover them all we're doing our best and uh, we'll continue to do our best Carolina Pliskova hasn't even had a mention she's she's the highest seed left in the draw Um, and she's got a great great draws remind me who she's playing tomorrow David so so what do we know about her from Paraguay Any, any, any inside goss no, I mean, I, I've heard of her. I can't tell you loads I, more I than haven't. that. Have you, genuinely, uh, have you not heard of it? It's a memorable name, I think that's yeah. why. Well, I tell you, I'm going to watch tomorrow and find out all, all I can uh, and read up overnight. Uh, but yes, apologies to everybody. I don't know very much about her. Um, j- just, just finally, it, where we are now, obviously all of our predictions have just gone to pot, pretty much. Um, speak for yourself, David. Speak for yourself. Who did you say would win the women's title? Uh, Halep. Oh, crikey. So, uh, do, you, do you still feel as strongly that she will win the title from here? 
I mean, based on what oh, you've seen. So I never one. felt it strongly, David. <laughs> but strong enough to say it. Well, I was forced to say it. I'm, I'm embroiled in a tennis podcast predictions competition, yeah, but out of still, which I've been you, assured there is no exit path. Having, um, having seen the way the week was going on, I started to get a lot less confidence in Svetlana Kuznetsova, to be quite honest. Do, do you feel any, any what, less... What, what, with her losing and everything? Yeah, I, I did that. too. <laughs> um, I feel as strongly as I did at the start of the tournament, which is not that strongly, but I haven't lost any faith in her either. I still think okay. she's the marginal favourite in a tournament that doesn't really have favourites anymore. It's just a, it's a free-for-all. It's good fun, though. I re- I'm really enjoying it. I think you're right. I think this whole second week is going to be absolutely fabulous. So looking forward to every single twist and turn of it. Uh, don't forget you can watch Catherine and all the coverage from the French Open on Eurosport over the next week. There's also the Eurosport player, which has a special tennis pass offer running for the UK only just at the moment. Ends on 11th of June, 39.99. Gets you access until the 31st of January 2018. You can follow the French Open, the British grass court season, Wimbledon. There'll be US Open and the Australian Open, of course, on the Eurosport player. You get multiple courts to watch as well. And then you even get Catherine Whitaker to watch sometimes on the telly, which is what I've been doing from my... my um, just while we're on the subject of the Eurosport player I, have, I just have a little a uh, very sweet uh, dad Whitaker story to tell you uh, my dad is coming to the French Open tomorrow so hello dad if you're listening and brushing up on uh, what's going on in the tennis ahead of your visit but um, if I asked him uh, why he didn't have a Eurosport player subscription I said dad come on <laughs> you love tennis and your blooming daughter's on it you come on get your act together and he said he was waiting to subscribe until the French Open because he wanted uh, them to notice an upswing in, in subscriptions when I was on <laughs> an upswing of one it's definitely down to Catherine <laughs> I don't know and how few subscriptions he thinks there are that yeah, one this, would make this, the difference and but, oh look um, the, the, the latest I, subscriber has got the same like surname that story very much Excellent. Oh, very good, Catherine. Well, uh, darkness is descending in Paris. I can see that on my TV right here with Novak Djokovic. Two sets to love up and 4-2 up in the third set. He looks like he's on his way to victory. We've got more tennis to enjoy over the next week on Eurosport, on BBC Five Live if you want to listen to that as well. And if you want to listen to the tennis podcast, we're going to try to be here with you one way or another every single day. Catherine's been doing a sterling job. Eight days in she hasn't missed a trick so far Catherine, go and get some sleep and uh, we'll speak to you tomorrow won't we apparently so we will indeed so uh, come back and join us on the tennis podcast follow us on twitter leave us an itunes review uh, follow us on facebook instagram we've even started instagram do all of that and we'll be back with you with another tennis podcast very soon Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.